Hi, this is Chandra Brigman, and you're listening to Live from the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Live from the Cafe. I am sitting here with David Bayek, who just did a tremendous session with us last week at Venture Cafe Cambridge on the art of hiring and when to engage an agency. Hiring is something that a lot of young teams find particularly stressful and tricky, so we're glad to have David in to talk about all these things. So, David, how's your day going so far? Oh, it's going great. How's your day going? I can't complain. It's been a busy day, like I was saying before we jumped on to the mics. Um, Just one of those days that doesn't seem to to stop moving. Mm. Um, So you were here last week at Venture Cafe, right? That's correct, yeah. And tell me sort of what the the single-line thesis of your session was about. Well, it it seems to me, and and I think also to you, that um, the people who attend this group are – doing very incredible things, breaking new ground with uh, innovations and things like that. And as they as they encounter the fact that they've created a company, a lot of times, you know, how to figure out staffing solutions for that company can be overwhelming and can be, um, can be something that really just you don't really know where to turn. So you said a particular word that sort of caught my attention. You said staffing. So what's the difference between staffing and hiring in your mind? Are they sort of interchangeable? Um, It's a word that can be used interchangeably somewhat. Um, The word staffing can be used in our industry as um, a descriptor of a temporary solution. A staffing company would be providing temporary personnel for a period of either a project basis or interim type of thing. Um, Hiring is, is another term which can refer to staffing but is a little bit more general. Yeah, that was the reason that it caught my ear because right when I finished college sort of like a, as a part-time gig that would generate some income, quite frankly, I was with a staffing agency that would hire me out for, for projects and, and different things like mm-hmm. that. So do you have experience in, in both worlds? I do, actually. I began my career in 1991 uh, as a, a temporary placement uh, consultant. I worked for a company in Boston that specialized in uh, administrative and clerical support. So therefore, there would be a lot of call for people to uh, fill in for vacations, maternity leaves, other sorts of leaves, and that kind of thing. So that would be a staff staffing type of role. Which, which makes sense. But when you're dealing with these young teams, these pretty small companies, hiring's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this because I'm in the process of doing my first time full-time hire okay. uh, for my education company that I work on outside of Venture Cafe, and it's a beast. Yes. Um, you tell me, where should I be starting? Well, that's a really, really great question. Um, the $64,000 question, I suppose. It is, yeah. Uh, it is a very difficult process in, in any in any uh, economic climate. Right now, we happen to be in one of the more challenging hiring environments that I've seen. I've been doing this for nearly 30 years. Why is that? Well, it's hard to say. The economy has been very, very strong. Unemployment is very, very low. Um, we live in an area of the country which is one of the three main attractor- attractors to technical um companies and individuals. There's a research triangle in in the Carolinas, and there's Silicon Valley, and then there's here. So what's happening with the economy doing so well and and the innovations that are coming out of many of the universities and colleges in this area in particular, the biotech and pharmaceutical uh, world that's here, really concentrated here, has created a uh, a boom in in growth and hiring. But unfortunately, um, there's a finite number of people available to fill those jobs. So it's a very challenging environment to to create that. Is that simply what it is? It's just a matter of supply and demand? Yeah. I think really if you boil it right down, 
Pretty much. I mean, if you look at the engineering world, you know, unemployment in, in this country right now is right around three and a half, three point six. It varies a little bit. There's a an unofficial um, number that we use when we talk about staffing or, or hiring in in tech, and that is that the engineering unemployment effective rate is basically zero. I was going to say. So is that what you see right now in the industry is the biggest hole that that companies are looking to fill? They just need more engineers. In my world, absolutely. Okay. Um, some of the other uh, other staffing worlds there are. Healthcare is one that's really, really bl- bl- blowing up as well. Um, but those are the ones that I'm intimately familiar with, so I can speak to those for sure. So what are companies doing to differentiate themselves? I mean, obviously, everybody knows about all of the Google perks and the, the things these tech companies are right. doing to retain employees and attract them. Is that really how they're competing to, to get employees, or is there something else they're doing? It's, it's really a lot of different things. Uh, what the, if you go back to the, um, uh, the boom times, if you will, of the dot-com era, there was um, there was just so much wholesale hiring, hand over fist. People were hiring in, in, in clumps of four and five people mm-hmm. at a time, and what they were doing was they were making sure that there was plenty of. At the time, it was regarded as perks, like uh, dry cleaning on site, right. uh, medical appointments on site, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. The perception came out of that that what what was happening was the industry was trying to lock you into your building all day long, uh, and although that's a very attractive uh, feature to have, sometimes now you need to be more. Con- you know, thinking so that, about that you think that's a that's a perception of how it was because that is still my perception now. It, 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 yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, it is. It can be. I mean, depending on depending on what your particular uh, you know uh, specialty is. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a head down coder and what you really want is to be able to just not be interrupted all day long, then that type of a model is great. Uh, but today, I think what we're seeing is more uh, a quality of life. Uh, is, is, is as a general overview for the kind of benefits that companies are trying to create, where people have less, you know, locked into being in an office nine to five, a lot more remote. Uh, the technology that we have right now is 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 rapidly outpacing even what it was this morning. Feels like sometimes we can do our jobs from pretty much anywhere as long as we're given the opportunity, um, you know, to have that have that self confidence and self discipline. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a whole other interesting discussion in my mind. Is this um, this argument that remote work is just as effective as in-person work. I'm of the opinion that people need to be in the same building to be building and cultivating something um, together. I mean, the biggest example I can think of recently, somewhat recently, um, was uh, was Yahoo's remote work policy. And a lot of people point to that for one of the reasons that the firm basically collapsed in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see that as an added benefit of what these companies can offer for highly skilled employees. Yeah, it definitely is one of the more emerging uh, perk trends, I guess you, you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does vary, though. You're absolutely right. There are some environments where uh, remote work is, is not effective. You need a collaborative environment where people are like literally exchanging ideas in the same room or in the same office suite. Uh, but I think that really it's, it's about the individual and the company and how they work well together. Um, there are, in, my, in my role, for example, I've been doing this for a long time, as, as you know, uh, in the beginning, when back in the early mid '90s, it was inconceivable for a salesperson mm. in my business to not be at his phone all day mm-hmm. long because that's how you got that's how you got in touch with people. Now it's it's much more about people interacting face to face, and at least in my world, and meeting people and and discussing how things are, and ideally finding out how how to help each other out. But that that is a much different model. It's funny because in my mind, um, 
you know, I, I picture in the 90s you had to be at your desk because your phone was there. You were literally attached mm-hmm. to the physical phone line. And now that you have mobile devices, laptops, anything that can travel anywhere to you, sort of like the free-range employee. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that they're not tethered. It's just that they're allowed to wander. Right, right. But I think that that's as, as our uh, our technological world has, has, is, is evolving. If business doesn't adapt with that, then you're going to have a difficult time. And, and it's hard enough to find people as it is. We already discussed that. I mean, unemployment being effectively zero, air quotes, right? Uh, but it still means it's very challenging. And if, you, if people are not able to live the lives that, they, that they're working so hard to, to live, then, um, then you're, you're not being very competitive as an employer. Okay. So it makes sense why a larger firm is going to be looking for a hiring agency to help out with their internal HR processes. Uh, But the topic of your discussion that you gave last week at Venture Cafe Cambridge was around this idea of when is it the right time Mm -hmm. to engage Mm -hmm. with an agency. So I'll just ask that question. When is the right time to engage with a hiring agency? Excellent question. Excellent question. Uh, The people who come here generally, as an overview, correct me if I'm wrong, are in the earlier stages of of their organization's Mm -hmm. growth. So sometimes they're just a couple people who are with an idea on a a cocktail napkin. Other times you're more established and you have an office and, and, and a product and that kind of thing. It really varies in terms of what you're looking for, uh, depending on the kind of hiring you're trying to do. If you're looking for someone to do something that's not very complex or that's not very uh, highly in demand in terms of development skills and that sort of thing, uh, it may or may not be the right time for you to work with a service to do that. Uh, Internally, you need to have a good sense of where your company is going. And if you're going to engage either internally with your own hiring people, human resources or uh, office managers, that sort of thing, you still need to be on the same page. And I think if you're going to work with an agency, the right time is when when you feel that you have confidence that the person you're talking to on the other end of the line understands. That's the critical thing, trust and understanding and how to get a hiring process done um, is critical. And if, if you... If you can't extend outside to this third party, then, then, or if you don't want to do that, then it's not going to work well. The hiring industry itself is really fascinating to me because when you look at the whole spectrum of services and companies that are out there, right? Mm-hmm. I always think on the one extreme, you have these C-suite headhunters that are looking for one specific type of person mm-hmm. to really head up a company, either as a, a CEO or other CFO, some type of equivalent role. Mm-hmm. Then you have... On the other end, a whole bunch of automated services. I listen to podcasts a lot, so I hear advertisements for ZipRecruiter mm. nonstop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where are you in this continuum? As far as as a resource is concerned? As far as, uh, well, you tell me, what, what should be the continuum that, that people are looking for? Should they be looking for something that's automated to personalize? Is it something that is from low cost to high cost? Mm-hmm. How, do, how does the industry sort of um, segment itself? I see. It's a good question. A multi, multi-part answer to that, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, ultimately people interacting with each other is, is, is the core of any growth of a business. I think really, even if you're talking about high tech, you're talking about automation and AI and those sorts of things, you still need people to make it run. When we first, when I first started in the industry, the biggest innovation out there was the fax machine. Everyone was all freaked mm-hmm. out about the fax machine. It's going to take away the human factor in hiring. We're not going to be able to walk into our clients' offices with letterhead printed, you know, uh, resumes. Uh, but really, it's it's each technological innovation that's come come along when it comes to hiring and staffing and growing your company. Really, the core has never changed. It's people. It's trust. It's it's relationships. It's really you know exchanging information on a fundamentally connected level. 
that gets things done. So for smaller teams, we'll say for, for teams that are 10 to 20 people per se, is there a type of position that you recommend be, that you engage with a hiring agency for that, that's a little bit more efficient than doing things in-house? Or is it really about what that firm needs at a particular time? So is it a position or is it a person or is it both? Well, there's a there's a, an expression out there. I actually have it in my cube. It's the try not to try not to know the people, know the person. Mm-hmm. So it does change, you know, from from scenario to scenario. I think there's not one, you know, particular job title that you would say would be the place to start. Okay. Um, I think if you're going to look with with the help of a, of, a, of a staffing agency, you know, you need to have. A, really kind of vetted them out. You need to interview them. Consider a, a, an agency like an employee, mm. really. If, if they're doing their job correctly, they're listening and they're adapting to your needs and responding to what you're asking of them to provide you the people and the resources that you need. So I think, you know, what you really ought to do is is talk to an agent, talk to an agency. Ask around, first of all, to find out who, who's out there that's reputable. And there's, it's very easy to find. There mm. are a lot of us in this, in this world. Uh, and not everybody is going to have the same, you know, it's going to match up with, with your company's needs or, or ethics even, for that matter. But I would say, you know, understand that people are hard to find, especially highly qualified ones. Uh, and if you're going to engage a, a, an agency or a service or even an individual um, to, to work for you on a contract basis, say, in your own, own company, make sure that you're, you're all really just clear on the same page. I know it's a cliche, but it's so true. Do, do each of these agencies operate on a case-by-case basis? And, and what I mean to ask here is, do does the agency model work as a top of the funnel where you're the first screener and you send some qualified candidates to the to the firm that you're working with? Mm-hmm. Or is it a full process where you go from top of the funnel to here's the final person that we think is the fit for the role? Um, or does it really depend on who the client is? I think that the best way to answer that would be to say that ideally, again, if, if, if you are working with a, a recruiting agency, the, I, the most the biggest part of the process they can do for you is to take away all the things that take up the most time. Mm. And that's including the very top of the funnel, uh, you know, first vetting a resume, receiving a resume from whatever mm-hmm. source it might be, and interviewing the individual, understanding the individual, and at the same time continuing to understand the, the client. So it's, 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 a, it's an ongoing, evolving, liquid process, I suppose, is a better way to say that. What's the biggest mistake young teams make when they're hiring people? I don't think they get to know the people they're working with enough. I think we, we, we have a lot of, of, as I've already said, there's a lot of agencies out there that are, that are well known in terms of the name recognition, but the quality of the experience you might have with them may not be the same from organization to organization. When I'm not going to say any specific names, but obviously the mistake you can make is, is picking an agency or a recruiter that's not a good fit for you. Think of it like a clothing or a pair of shoes. You're not going to go in and if you're a size 10, buy a size 8. You know, you're going to need to fit. It's going to need to fit. And that's, I think, the, the critical thing. So even outside of, of hiring an agency, what's the biggest hiring mistake in general that small teams make in your experience? Um, probably 
overhiring. 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 Okay. What happens a lot when you're looking for, especially everybody wants everything mm-hmm. right now, the high tech, pick, pick a technology, AWS, Java, it doesn't matter. When you're looking for someone, you want the, you, you would perceive that you want the very best, highest qualified person you can get. And everybody would like to have that. But that sometimes you wind up paying a person more than you need to pay them for the level that they need to function at for you, you know, to, to get the things done that you need done. Um, and that person's not going to stay. Not long term. They're going to be there. They're going to be interested for a while. And if, but they, if they are requalified, number one, you're overpaying, and number two, they're not going to be around for the long term. So I think it's critically important to really look carefully at a person's fit, the culture fit to the company, the skill level as it pertains to what you need them to do, um, and what they're going to be able to get back from from the, or being part of the organization. It's a, definitely a two way street. Fantastic. Well, David, we appreciate you coming in. We appreciate your time and your insights. We like to end all of these interviews asking two questions that really reinforce the Venture Cafe credo and mission. So the first question that I have for you is, what is something that the community can do to help support you or your firm? And then what's something that you can offer the community as value? I'll answer the second one first. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I keep coming to work after all these years is because ultimately I get to help people out. I earn a living, which is terrific. Believe me, my wife appreciates that. Um, But everything I do and the processes that I do every single day, the goal is to make everybody in a better place. Uh, My clients get a a qualified individual or individuals. The candidates I work with are are pleased that we've found them a good opportunity with good benefits. It's a good match for their lot. And again, I, I get to, you know, keep my lights on. So it's, it's really helping people out. That's, that's my, my main thing uh, that I like to offer out. And that's why I spend time talking to people and trying to understand as much as I possibly can. And so, so the answer to the first part of that is if, if the community is, is just willing to talk uh, to me, talk to, talk to who we are as a staffing, in the staffing industry, um, that's key because I think that the big thing is, is, a, is an approach avoidance. When you start to look at a professional service of any sort, it, it can be costly, it can be time-consuming, and it's, can be, it can be daunting. So I think it's important that communication really – for both of those questions, communication. And if people missed your session last week in Venture Cafe or they don't see you around the cafe on Thursday, where can they find you and your firm online? Well, our, uh, my firm is called Experis, and it's uh, E-X-P-E-R-I-S dot com. That's where you'll find us. Um, and uh, certainly uh, you can find me on that site as well. If you have questions, please feel free to, uh, to let me know. Okay, great. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation, a nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org or come visit us at One Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.